Hi there, listeners. Welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. We are all three here today, and it's day 1,635 since we came back on the air. Hello, folks. Howdy. And we have some neat news to report. We met a group of travelers yesterday who were a little different than anyone we've met since the fall. Many remaining survivors have turned to a nomadic traveling lifestyle since everything's happened out of necessity or safety or lack of manageable resources or because they're looking for something specific or because they're looking for someone specific or because they're trying to get home or find a new home when they feel like they just haven't found it yet. You all know it as well as we do. There are many reasons to stay on the move these days, and many reasons to feel like it'll help one to survive. We've ended up in what we now know is a pretty unique situation, one I'm grateful for. Three of us sharing a stable, relatively easy-to-defend home and a location in which we can scavenge and even grow a little food with access to nearby resources of various sorts. And we all get along and like each other, which I think might be even rarer. (laughs) True. And that's really more than a lot of people can say these days. We know we're lucky. And we're all enough of homebody types that we're happy to stay somewhere safe. Nor are any of us looking for someone or something in particular. All set. We're good here. But plenty of people aren't. And the modern world has awakened a nomadic sense in a lot of people. Including a lot of people who might not always have leaned that direction in normal times. I mean, in the old world. Plenty of people would have defined themselves as homebodies or at least in need of certain creature comforts and types of security. But something shifted for a lot of people after the fall. I think many people made the choice to travel out of a need or fear, but some people might have just felt freer to experiment with a different lifestyle. A fresh page. Regardless, what we're getting at here is that the amount of people who liked to habitually travel and roam before the fall was somewhat limited. There were a handful of van lifers and travel social media influencers, your typical young adult backpack explorers and other such individuals, but even those people tended to live that way for a year or two before settling down to something else. To want to live nomadically for your whole life, well, that just takes a certain kind of person. The kind we met the other day. Oh, man, they were so cool. Can I talk about them first? Sure, Agnes. But before you do, I'd like to make sort of a... Disclaimer? I was thinking about that. Yes, exactly. Listeners, we care immensely about cultural sensitivity, social justice, and respect for different lifestyles and ethnicities here. Which makes us a little hesitant to try to explain yesterday's guests. But we really want to. They were so cool. So we'll just preface this broadcast by saying that we're operating purely off of observations. We have the utmost appreciation for our guests' traditions and situation, and we really don't know what we're talking about here. Hey, now that's not entirely fair. I read a whole book on the subject. And we appreciate your industry, Agnes, but it would be very unwise to suggest that any of us are now experts on the subject. Oh, well, of course, I didn't mean that. We didn't really think you did, but I think we might tell the listeners what subject we keep referring to. Right, right, right. Agnes? Great. Folks, 
some people liked to wander before the fall, hundreds and hundreds of years before the fall. The Roma people. They have been called gypsies in the past, but this term is largely seen as derogatory now for two main reasons. First, most of the Roma people initially came from the Punjab region of India, but Europeans mistakenly thought they came from Egypt. So that's a pretty careless and insensitive mistake right off the bat. Wait, white people be careless and insensitive to other cultures? (gasps) Too true. Secondly, the Roma were horrendously abused and discriminated against for centuries. At least as early as the 1300s, and possibly earlier, and still face bigotry and prejudice way too often in modern times. The Roma people are a mix of genetic diversity and locations from all around Asia and Europe. In the 1930s, over a million Roma moved to Europe, where they were usually treated as dirty, unethical, and subhuman. It's obviously unspeakable to treat any human like this, and to reject people based on their physical appearance, background, or traditions. But additionally, their gorgeous, rich cultural heritage was completely dismissed, and much of it has been lost over time due to this bias and cruelty. World War II saw one of the worst periods of genocide for the Roma, with the Nazis rounding up and murdering likely over a million individuals. Movies tend to portray dirty river rats changing camp every few days and stealing from nearby towns. While many Romani were forced into poverty by said discrimination, movies like that are the worst kind of offenders of racism, portraying unfair and untrue stereotypes about a beautiful, culturally important people who have fought to build good lives for themselves amid racism and centuries of genocide. Most Romani either liked their nomadic lives and exploring the world around them, had seasonal and survival reasons for living that way, as many of us are doing now, or were forced to move around constantly because of racial attacks and mass boycotts of their trades and skills. All in all, it has been an incredibly rough and ruthless millennium for the Roma. And the three of us felt really lucky to meet a group of Roma descendants who travel much as their ancestors did, but have done so for decades, long before we were all dealing with the zombies. They seemed a little hesitant to talk to us at first, understandably. But when we were as welcoming and cheerful as we could be, they seemed to open up and relax more. Initially, they wanted to know a lot about us. How long we've been here, what we do, why we do it. They don't have radio access, so they've never heard the broadcast. But they seem to like the idea of it. They asked us what kept us going when things seemed dark. And we said each other. And you all, listeners. Surviving for each other. All of us. Gradually, we started asking them questions about themselves, and they opened up a lot. They told us about how much of the country they've seen, how much of the world, actually, and which parts they liked the best. Within the country, Northern California, Montana, and Louisiana were high up there for them. They told us about the work they do to keep their traditions alive. Apparently, before the fall, they would contact schools and cultural centers before they arrived in a new place and organize workshops about Roma culture. Luckily for their ability to survive, schools and cultural centers frequently have budgets for things like that. But they told them that they would have done it for free and sometimes did. They said that there was so much work to be done to teach the world about what Roma culture is really like and break down the stereotypes and derogation of centuries. And then they told us a few of their traditional folk tales 
They were so good. I meant to take notes about them as they talked, but I was way too wrapped up in the stories to do that. You were. You were so entranced. It was cute. And I don't blame you. They were amazing stories. Really unique and mystical and funny. They also played us some traditional music and showed us a few dances. It was stunning music, and Agnes was brave enough to get up and try a few dance steps. We're not saying I was good. Hey now, it was your first time. You did great. Thanks. We asked them if they were willing to come on the broadcast and tell some stories or play music, but they had to leave the same day. They needed to find a protected place to camp by that evening. They did say that if they're ever back in the area earlier in the day and the timing works out better, they'd be happy to come on the air. And that would be wonderful. The last thing we did before they left was to exchange some food. We gave them some fresh vegetables from the garden, and they gave us some traditional pouffet, which is sort of a puff pastry made from fried flour. It was so good. And then they left, just like that. I'm trying to remember all of their names. There were about a dozen in their group. I remember Ketsia and Naomi, who was about my age. The older man was named Vano. And the younger guy was Oceanus, which I appreciated. Of course you would remember that name, Dr. Clark. Of course. Overall, the experience was a really random and lovely surprise, and honestly one that I'll remember forever. It's not that I've ever felt any kind of prejudice for the Roma, not consciously. You just don't really think about them, right? Right. And that's inherently wrong, because they've been through hell and deserve to have their stories known. Media and people have been so cruel, and they need support with rewriting what the world knows about them. They deserve having others, like us and you, listeners, help shine a light on their past. And to change their future. So folks, make sure to do a little reading from reliable sources when you have the chance, and be as kind and open as possible, should you ever be fortunate enough to run across people of Romani heritage. This has been Mercury, a broadcast of hope for Dr. Rosalind Clark and Max O'Brien. This is Agnes Drew. Take care of each other.